All right, welcome back to the Red Zone Power Play Podcast. This is our episode number seven. Um, this is you know wrapping up NFL Week Eight, um, previewing Week Nine. Um, we got a lot to talk about, so let's just hop into our intros here. Uh, I'm Zach, and I'm Eve, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna get to basically the biggest game of the week in terms of uh, rivalries. Um, the Steelers rallying from ten points down to beat the Ravens. Um, you know, the Steelers kind of looked lost the first half and then kind of found a way to, to pick it up. Defense kind of stepped up. Um, you know, are we, are we going to keep on our, our talks about the Steelers being the team to beat in the AFC or do we feel a little shaky with how that, uh, how that game went? No, I definitely think that they're one of the teams to beat in the AFC. There's no question about that because they're finding ways to win games, like close games too. And that, that's just been the, thing for that for throughout the past couple of weeks here with the Steelers um I still think I would give the slight edge to the Chiefs just because they're the defending AFC champions the defending Super Bowl champions to me the AFC probably runs through Kansas City right now but like not in terms of like the playoffs because that could ease that could easily run through Pittsburgh towards the end of the season here but you know, I, I do think the Steelers are one of the teams to beat in the AFC because uh, if you look at their upcoming schedule here, they could easily go to 10-0 and 0 by the time they play the Ravens again on Thanksgiving night. So I, I don't really see the Steelers slowing down here. I think they keep that train running. I think that they will k- continue to win, find ways to win, and and uh, we'll see them here hopefully at 10-0, and 0, but got to focus on this weekend this upcoming game first year with the Cowboys. Yeah, I agree. I think that they're certainly one of the teams to beat, but I don't know if they are the team to beat. Um, like you said, the Chiefs. Um, and I'd even say that the Ravens are still kind of in that. Um, they are still, you know, an incredibly solid defense. Um, Lamar Jackson has regressed, but, you know, he could certainly fix whatever um, the problems are that are that are happening. The run game is still solid. I mean, they have – um, Mark Ingram's hurt, but Gus Edwards isn't bad. Um, J.K. Dobbins, I mean, we saw what he was doing. Uh, he's pretty solid, too. Um, I, I don't know. I think the Steelers, the big thing that worries me is just how, you know, Ben is the last couple weeks at least not really making big plays, not get that he's 38, coming off a severe, you know, elbow injury. I just think that if they're to make a legitimate case to be the number one team, in the AFC, the NFL, um, you need a little bit more out of him um, because the running game certainly has stalled the last couple of weeks as well. Um, they've been closer games, and the defense has had to kind of to hold their own, but that's why they built the defense how they did. So I certainly think that, like you said, they could get to 10-0, and um, especially you know at least 8-0. and I feel like they're playing a very disjointed and um, kind of ghost form of the Dallas Cowboys um, you know, Ben DiNucci is going to be the quarterback as Andy Dalton was placed on the COVID list today. Um, Actually, uh, I don't mean to interrupt here, but um, I was on Twitter earlier today. It looks like the Dallas Cowboys may go in another direction here with uh, Cooper Rush, or I forget who the other quarterback is. But depending on the snaps, we could see Cooper Rush or the other guy at quarterback. It doesn't look like it does not look like Ben DiNucci is going to start on Sunday. Fair enough. I mean, it could go any direction at this point, especially with them losing. Um, you know, obviously, as we know, Dak Prescott, but now um, Andy Andy Dalton. So um, they're kind of kind of scramble to find a quarterback. Um, 
you know, any other division of football, they would pretty much be calling it a lost season and they would just play Ben DiNucci out. Um, being that they're still, you know, within striking distance of that uh, NFC East, it's probably worth it for them to, as you mentioned, look into some other names, uh, Cooper Rush being one of them. Um, certainly, no matter who we see, uh, is going to be quite an unknown name. Um, you know, because I don't see anybody bringing in Kaepernick. Um, you know, that's not really on our script of stuff to talk about, but uh, the Steelers um, certainly are going to have a an opponent next week that's that's going to fall under you know people the criticism of not playing any high quality teams they still are you know a team that is in the upper echelon when they're healthy um but as of right now they're really not so um i, I do believe they could get to 10 and 0 um and and like like you said they just they certainly could be the team that the afc runs through i just looked up uh, on twitter and it was uh, the other quarterback is garrett gilbert I have honestly have no idea who that guy is. So, well, I mean, we could see him on Sunday as well. But uh, to touch up on uh, what you also said too is, um, you're right. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger obviously hasn't play hasn't been playing the past two weeks up to the form that we usually see him at, and part of that's probably because you know, I mean, you're you're in the season now. You're you're off your bye week. You're just you're just playing right now, but. Uh, you know, just uh, he just got to get uh, he's got to get in connection with his receivers on the deep ball because he has not been able to hit on those go routes for the past two weeks. And I'd like to and I'd like to think that with playing a weak defense like Dallas this upcoming week, he'd be able to hit Juju, James Washington, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, you know, just to see him if to see if he could connect on those deep throws, too. But, yeah, I, the defense is for sure bailing the offense out a little bit. I do think that uh, for sure the defense is playing at a high level, but for sure the offense does need to play a little bit better. But I, I, I'm not too concerned with the offense just because, you know, Ben's still the quarterback there. He's looking still healthy. He's spreading the ball around. But the receivers do need to step up, I think, and try to, you know, beat their guy on whoever's covering them. Yeah, they're certainly kind of um... – relying almost too heavily on the defense they need to have that killer instinct on offense in that you know 28 points is a nice a nice number don't get me wrong you know that 30 mark is definitely um kind of the goal for any nfl team these days um being that offense has certainly become the name of the game um but i think at this point they just need to be more um you know not concise but you know that killer instinct um they just need to to go after it they need to stop you know when you get up by two touchdowns in the first half there's still a whole half of football you can't just kind of lay off you still have to try and you know you still have to try and make the throws you still have to try and you know run out the clock a little bit but also you know chew clock score points because you know running off six minutes and and having to punt from the opponent's 45 yard line isn't going to make a difference in the game um, you need to be able to say on, you know, a third and six at the opponent's 45, all right, I need to pick this up and then some, and we need to get into field goal range because at worst we need three points because you keep letting teams back in games. All it's going to do is end up hurting you in the long run. But um, going to the other side of the ball in this game, Lamar Jackson, um, man, he's played two really bad games against the Steelers, um, you know, the last two meetings. 
and his career against us, you know, certainly he's only, you know, two years, but he looks bad. We have his number. Um, I saw stats yesterday that, you know, his completion percentage is the lowest of his career. Um, the interceptions against us is the lowest of his career when he played us last year, um, or the highest, sorry. Um, and then just everything else, you know, rushing yards, yards per attempt, you know, you name it a stat, we control him the best of anybody. Um, and then big games, he just, he doesn't have it. Um, what do you think about it? What do you think could be causing it? I think a lot of teams just figure him out. A lot of good teams with good coaching, like they figure him out. Like, cause if you look at it through the big picture throughout the whole NFL, Lamar Jackson's, I think like 24 and one against the league. But when it comes to like big games and that includes the playoffs, he's 0 and three against the chiefs. He's lost the wild card round his rookie year against the Chargers. And then last season, he lost in the divisional round against the Titans. I, I just think um, for the most part, the Ravens are getting outcoached in those games. But it, but it also, if you look at it too, from this past Sunday against the Steelers, the Ravens had control of that game. But the turnovers killed him. And th- that's definitely one of the big reasons why Lamar Jackson struggles in those big time games is because he turns the ball over. He turned the ball over three times against, no, six times in total against the Steelers when he actually plays. Three interceptions a year ago, and then he threw two picks this past Sunday, and then he fumbled the ball on that fourth and three. Not that it would have mattered anyway because the Steelers had him stopped, but he's just turning the ball over. I think that's what's really hurting him and the Ravens when they play in those big time games, if you want, if you want to play in the Super Bowl, if you want to get over that hump, Lamar Jackson has to protect the football, and that is for sure what is hurting his team. Definitely, and um, I don't know. I think it's tough because he's he's a guy that that gets so much credit all the time. And and certainly, you know, the league's looking to these younger stars, you know, Mahomes, Lamar, um, you know, Tyreek Hill and Kelsey also on the Chiefs, you know, Carson Wentz. Um, you know, these these younger quarterbacks that are coming in and Kyler Murray, um, they're they're trying to look for somewhere to turn as as Brady ages out, you know, Breeze, Big Ben, um, they need new faces of the league. But I feel like one outstanding year is enough that a lot of the time they do put a lot of stock into. Um, and the way I thought about it was Alfred Morris, uh, the running back that used to play for the Washington, uh, formerly Redskins. Um, his rookie year, he ran for like 1,600 yards and probably 12 touchdowns, I believe is what the stat was. I know it was 1,600 yards. Um, and he ran for 1,000-plus, I think, three out of the first four years he played in the league. And now he is like a fourth-string running back. Um, you know, because you get to the point where, um, you have one or two good years, everybody, you know, they pay you a ton of money or they give you a ton of attention. And then the, the the gaffes start coming, the problems start showing up, you're overanalyzed, um, and you overanalyze everything. Um, you know, so I worry maybe that's what's happening with Lamar. He is a great talent. I can't deny that. Um, never was really his biggest fan, but also I can't deny, you know, talent when you see it. Um, but well, yeah, the I, thing is, well, the thing is, too, is that what we have to understand is that Lamar is not a passing quarterback. No, his yeah, no, his best suit is running the football. 
He's just not because we've said this before. I mean, I think the Ravens have like the 32nd ranked passing attack offense in the NFL or 31st. It's near the bottom of the league either way. And it's just Lamar's just not a passing quarterback. He's 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 inaccurate. He can't really throw the deep ball that well. You're not going to win games like that, especially when you have a guy like Marquise Brown, Marquise Hollywood Brown, that can run the go route and catch those big plays. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, he's just got to work on that. I I know that he wants to be a pocket passer, but he he has to understand his best suit is running the football. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, I mean, we'll have to wait and see what happens here with uh, Lamar. Who knows if he'll get better? I think the Ravens will be fine, though. They'll obviously make the playoffs. They could be a top two seed in the in the AFC. But as of right now, it's not looking that way. They'll probably be maybe like a fifth seed or something wildcard team. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, anyway, let's move on here. Um, Unless you have something else to add. No, I think that's it. I think you hit it. You know, I agree. He's not a pocket passer and you know, just his, his, his skill set does not lead to that, which um, you know, you got to figure out what you got with him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, we had two shockers this past Sunday in the NFL. Uh, Let's get into the first one. The Vikings shockingly beat the Packers 28-22. The Vikings were like 1-6 or 1-5 at that point, I think. Mm-hmm. And then the Packers were, one were like... 1-5, 1-6. Yeah, something like that. And then the Packers were like 5-1 and one or 6-1, and one, something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's clear now that the Packers have some uh, issues, some woes, as we'll say. Uh, that that their first loss against Tampa, that was just against a really good team, a really good defense. But this, but this one against the Vikings really makes you scratch your head. So, what do you think the Packers are dealing with? What do you think their issue is? Um, I think, I think most of it is the fact that Aaron Jones, Jamal Jamal Williams, and now uh, AJ Dillon are all hurt. They have no running backs that have any sort of legitimate NFL experience. Um, and they're too reliant on Devontae Adams. I think, you know, Valdez Scantling is a, a solid receiver um, when healthy. Lazard can fill in well enough. Um, and, and Robert Toynan's actually done a really good job this year um, filling that gap, you know, left by Jimmy Graham and Richard Rodgers in past years. Um, I don't know. I think what they need is another big play receiver, you know, um, someone like Will Fuller, who they should have gone out and gotten. Um that's I think their biggest weakness is that they don't have a second threat uh, in in the receiving core outside of uh, Adams. Uh, their defense, I mean, Green Bay has always been kind of that uh, that offense first team. Uh, the Smith, the, the two Smiths came in last year, made a big impact, um, but they did they did lose uh, Martinez out of linebacking core. Um, which has left them really soft underneath. Uh, they just don't. They didn't fill the gap well enough. They didn't have the money to, which was part of the problem. But um, I, I think that team needed more punch on offense, and they were a team I was kind of hoping would make a move. I like the Packers. I think that they um, they're a team I'd like to see make a nice run. Um, but if they can't shore up that defense, you know, tighten it up and uh, and find a way to not rely on targeting Devontae Adams seventeen times a game. Um, they're not going to get too far. Uh, they do need Aaron Jones to get healthy because he is a, as dynamic as anybody in the league when healthy. Um, 
and, and Rodgers. I mean, he's playing at his his MVP caliber level. Um, you know that he he's always played at. So um, I think that for them, the big the big struggle this week was uh, stopping the run, which is where having you know linebackers that can stop the run comes in handy. You know, Cook with three touchdowns on the ground. Um, I mean, he just ran all over him. I think it was 163 yards and three touchdowns. He was just a monster this week. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of my thoughts on on the Packers. I think the Vikings are uh, kind of in that lost season period. Um, and they'll bounce back next year. Yeah, I think you nailed it there. I just, um, for sure, the Packers have some running back issues, obviously with Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and their third string running back out. So they really have no running game. It seems like maybe on Thursday night when they play the 49ers, they'll probably rely heavily on Aaron Rodgers to win them the game. But you can't really do you can't do that all the time. You definitely need a running game here. So. We'll see how their fourth string running back does, but also the defense too. The defense definitely needs to get better. I thought that at at towards the beginning of the season they were at least maybe a top ten defense. It looked like they had gotten a little bit better, but it seems they've hit that mid season bump where they're you know starting to fall fall to some of these uh, weaker opponents. Now I don't think that this will last long. I do just because it's the NFL and you can lose at any given Sunday to any team. So like, I I think the Packers will for sure bounce back this uh, on Thursday night when they play the 49ers, but for sure, it's just, you're relying heavily on Aaron Rodgers, which you can't do. I mean, Devontae Adams is seeing a lot of targets, which is good for him, but also, I mean, you, you can't ask those two to do everything. Like I was saying, and then the defense, they just need to get better. They, they, they need uh, the Smith, the two Smiths outside linebackers. They definitely need to cause some damage to the opposing quarterback here, get a pass rush going. And then their secondary, I think, needs to get a little bit better as well. So I, I think for sure the defense is what is what's wrong with the Packers right now. Definitely. The defense, I mean, it makes a huge difference if you can stop the run too. Um, because their their DBs are not bad. They're not – they're certainly not – um, at the level of some teams in the NFL, but um, I think that their their biggest weakness is certainly stopping the run. Um, you know, now that we've covered covered that game pretty thoroughly in terms of what is ailing the Packers, let's get into the other blowout or not blowout the other upset this week. Um, the Bengals shocking the Titans, thirty-one to twenty. Are are the Titans pretenders? Because three weeks ago we were looking at them at four and zero, blaming them a little bit for the COVID stuff, but. Um, you know, looking at them as one of the best teams in the NFL, in our top five, certainly. Um, and now dropping, you know, obviously the game to the Steelers that was a field goal away from overtime, but um, kind of, you know, not exploiting Cincinnati's biggest weakness, which is their offensive line um, and getting to Joe Burrow whatsoever, um, kind of just allowing the Bengals to have their way. Yeah, they definitely need a pass rush. And, you thought that when they signed Jadavion Clowney that they would get that pass rush going with him, but it just hasn't been there. Because I can remember listening to the Steeler game uh, against the Titans. I, I didn't think they had a sack that entire game. Not they, Yeah, they didn't have a sack that entire game, but the announcers were saying that uh, they didn't have a sack the entire season. And that really surprises you when you have a guy like Jadavion Clowney, who's one of the premier rushers in the NFL. 
So that obviously hurt them. Uh, I would say that I would lean them more towards pretenders now just because, you know, I mean, you, you drop that heartbreaker to the Steelers. I mean, that's just against a good team, but this one obviously makes you scratch your head too. Uh, I still think that they'll make the playoffs just because, I mean, if you look at their schedule here, I'm going to pull up their schedule here really quickly. They're very winnable games. Like their remaining schedule is they got the Bears this weekend, then they got the Colts, the Ravens, the Colts again, the Browns, the Jags, uh, the Lions, the Packers, and then the Texans. That's nine games right there. I could see them winning at least six of them. Obviously, I think they may struggle against the Ravens. I think they may split one with the Colts. But other, but other than that, all those other ones are pretty winnable. Actually, the Packers, they'll probably lose that game, I would think. But all the others, I think, are very winnable. So I think that they'll be a playoff team in terms of, like, obviously Super Bowl contenders and everything. I don't think I see them in that category right now. I think that they can – if they have a convincing win against maybe Baltimore or even Green Bay – I think that puts them maybe back in that category, but they are for sure, I think, pretenders right now. Like I said, I think they'll still make the playoffs. I think they'll still probably win the NFC South unless the unless they drop some of these games and the Colts go on a run here, but I just don't see the Titans as Super Bowl contenders as of right now. See, I think with the, the Titans, it's hard to say because certainly they had a pretty big win against Buffalo. Uh, week five when they beat them forty-two to sixteen. I mean, they, that's true. Forgot they about very that. convincingly beat a team at that time who was one of the best-looking teams in the NFL. I mean, Buffalo at that time looked, you know, like a, a very legitimate chance to go like thirteen and three um, and just absolutely run the AFC um, along with the the Chiefs and the Steelers. That was kind of looking like your top three. Um, but you look at it, you know, they, they barely beat Denver week one, 16-14. They beat Jacksonville, kind of one of those struggling teams, 33-30, so by a field goal, and only beat Minnesota by one. And then Houston, you know, 42-36. But you look at those four games, the first three games of the year, they won by a combined, what's that, two, three, and one, so six points against three of the worst teams in the NFL. Um, and then beat Houston, another bad team in the league, who's you know slowly turning it around, but too little too late. Um, and then dropping this previous week by 11 to, I mean, probably one of the worst teams in the AFC outside of the Jets. Um, so I don't know. I it's, it's weird to me because it's hard to say that they're, they're for real if you are struggling um, to beat these bad teams and then, you know, dropping games to teams that you certain certainly should not be losing to. Um, but yeah, I, I think that they fall under that pretenders category for right now. Um, but, you know, stringing together some wins, they might get back into that conversation. I think also what we have to look at here is that, at least for me personally, I think the Bengals record, I think the Bengals are a much better team than what their record says. Because if you look back at some of these, some of their games, they have been in them. They've lost by, I think, maybe like, I don't know, single digits or maybe some of them double digits. I mean, excluding that game against the uh, Ravens where they just got completely blown out. But just looking back on some of these games here, too, I mean, they were in that game against the Chargers week one. They could have beaten the Browns twice, most likely in that second matchup against the Browns. 
definitely could have beaten the Eagles. And yeah, they definitely could have beaten the Colts too. So I do think that the Bengals wreck I think think I think the Bengals are better than what their record says. It's just Joe Burrow obviously has no help. He has really no one to throw the football to except for Tyler Boyd and AJ Green, but his offensive line is just not protecting him very well. It, the Bengals' defense is just abysmal. They have given up at least 30-some points probably a game here. But other than that, I do think that – I think they're I think they're just better than what their record says. So for sure that puts the Titans here under pretenders just for the media's sake because you're going to say, oh, hey, you lost to a 1-5-1 and team. So, yeah, there's no chance of you – making the super like there's no chance of you like you know making it to the big games or anything here but yeah i i do agree i think the titans are falling under that pretenders category just because they they can't seem to beat the easy teams the the games that they should be winning by a lot they're just not winning by a lot exactly and they're and they're giving up too many points to teams that they shouldn't be and like you said the Bengals have been in the games they've been in um, but just in terms of you know ability to to close it out or ability to to win, um, they're they're not up there where they where they could be or will be in a few years because uh, Joe Burrow certainly looks like you know, the real deal. Um, but moving on here, we get to uh, another AFC North team, uh, the Browns as they lose sixteen to six to the Raiders in uh, might be one of the windiest games I've seen. Um, you know, on TV and in, in quite some time. Uh, the only thing that sticks out to me is the Daniel Carlson field goal attempt that got blown about 40 yards right to left um, as it was on the way about 45 yards out. So um, kind of low scoring and, and impossible to score, get any sort of air game going. Um, what would you blame the Browns loss on? You know, I was on Twitter, like obviously, because being a Steelers fans, you want to see some of these – hardcore Browns fans on Twitter, you know, go berserk and, you know, try to blame people and everything. And like, do you like, um, Steeler fans, Steeler nation, they know Sir Yacht on Twitter. And uh, I'm, I'm sure you do as well. I'm sure you know, Sir Yacht as well from Twitter. Yeah. Right. No, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, um, he goes on these rants, like towards the end of the game, you know, like if the Browns won, he celebrates if the, Browns lose he goes on a rant and he did bring up a point that you know the the loss was on everybody but Baker Mayfield and I I guess I could see that from his perspective too because he really got no help from his receivers apparently receivers were dropping balls like I didn't really watch the game but I remember flipping it on when the the Steelers Ravens game went to half with the halftime and Jarvis Landry you know, a guy that almost n- never drops any balls. He he dropped one for a touchdown. It went right through his hands and it hit the ground easily for an incomplete pass. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that right there, I think you have to say, like, the receivers have for sure got to step up and make that play. And I know it's hard when you don't have Odell Beckham Jr. anymore, but someone's got to step up and make that play. And then it just, from the other times that I watched the game, it just didn't look like the... Brown's defense could really stop the Raiders rushing attack. I don't think so for sure. I think that the Browns loss could be blame on like everybody, but Baker Mayfield. Cause, but obviously the media is going to say, Hey, we're putting this on Baker because he went like 12 for 22 for like a hundred 
twenty some yards or one hundred nineteen yards. He didn't even have over like one hundred fifty passing yards or something like that. But I think this loss goes more on the whole, like the whole team in general. Baker, I think, played well. It's just he got no help from his receivers and everything, and it's just the defense. They just couldn't stop Josh Jacobs and that offense. Yeah, and and the not to take away from from what the Raiders are doing though. I mean, they they've definitely been playing better. Derek Carr is a much better quarterback now that he has John Gruden than he was before that. Um, he's actually, I think, top 10 in the league in a lot of passing categories right now. Um, Josh Jacobs is a solid running back. Their defense is playing better, not great, but better. Um, and, it, and, you know, I can't really count the Raiders out in terms of potentially grabbing one of those wild card spots because now with the playoffs expanding, um, three teams can make it from a division. But also, if you think about it, that AFC West, um, they could be the second best team in that division come the end of the season. You know, obviously they're not going to win the division. The Chiefs are sitting at seven and one and look like they could finish fifteen and one if they, you know, if they wanted to. Um, but I don't know. I think that that they have a shot. You know, the Chargers uh, are definitely in that uh, trans transition phase right now. Um, but I think that um there is a good chance the Raiders could make the playoffs so we're not talking about you know the the Raiders of 10 years ago where they would go you know 2 and 14 3 and 13 and pick guys like Jamarcus Russell and never get any better um so I, I think there's also something to be said there you know that the Raiders are playing a little bit better than 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 a lot of people think no I agree with that too I do think that um when we get closer to playoff time here we will see the Raiders in that contest they probably will compete with the browns for that final wild card spot or they may get that final final wild card spot here when we approach here the end of the season so for sure Derek carr is playing great when it comes to john gruden because well john gruden's just a great head coach overall i think because super bowl winning head coach he probably should have won one when he was with uh the raiders and the like his first time there but obviously the tuck rule that happened back then that obviously cost them that their chance of a Super Bowl then but for sure I mean Derek Carr playing at a great level and it helps when you draft a uh, fast wide receiver like Henry Ruggs and then his offensive line protecting him pretty well and then Josh Jacobs like I said you know he's he was dominant last year and he's continued to show show everybody how dominant he is this year too so it's no doubt that the Raiders are for sure, like better than what people probably give them because they beat, they did beat the saints and the saints are a good team. So I, you got to give them that. And I do think that when it comes down here towards the end of the they beat, the chiefs too. That's true. I did forget about that. Yeah, they did beat the chiefs and obviously that's not easy to do for, for some people, but well, for, for some teams, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the Raiders can make some noise here and, maybe even go on a run. I don't think they'll win the West, the AFC West, but I do think that they can sneak into the playoffs here at a, at a six or seven seed for sure. Certainly. And I don't, I wouldn't say they would get any higher in terms of seeding, but they definitely have a chance. Um, let's move on to uh, another team that has a chance. That's kind of, you know, made a resurgence winning a few games in a row here. Uh, the Miami Dolphins to a uh, tag of first start. Um, the, the Dolphins did beat the Rams. Um, 
but I guess the storyline for me was Tua and that offense did not look good. The The points were all scored via defense and special teams with a, a punt return, a uh, touchdown, a fumble recovery, and I believe it was a pick six. Uh, I can't remember exactly. Um, Tua had under 100 yards passing, one passing touchdown from a yard out to uh, Devontae Parker. Um, and that was about it. They This was not a game for quarterbacks. Jared Goff, um, I believe his completion percentage was like 37%, and he had about 40 attempts. I know that he targeted Cooper Cup on about 39 of those. Um, every time this game came on red zone for me, Cooper Cup had a ball flying his way. Um, so I, I don't know. what What's your takeaway here in terms of that uh, first start for Tua and how it looks for the Dolphins? Well, I think you said it perfectly, though. Um, Tua just didn't perform the way that you know he did in college. And I can remember making our game picks last week. I said that Tua would learn what it's like to play in the NFL, and I think that he learned pretty quickly. I mean, Aaron Donald came in and stripped the ball out of his hands and that forced a turnover for for the Rams so they could get the ball back. But and you and you also said it perfectly too. Tua did not pass for over a hundred yards, and that's something that almost every quarterback does in the NFL. They at least get to 150 at best. And just Tua just wasn't able to do that. But to me, the biggest storyline of the game was the Dolphins defense. Like you said, they had a fumble recovery for a touchdown, maybe a pick six, a few more turnovers. And then the special teams got involved here too with a punt return touchdown. It just, the, the Dolphins offense didn't need to do anything. It was mainly about the defense and the special teams. So be, and to shut down a, uh, an offense like the Rams, because the Rams have a really good offense. When you look around, Jared Goff still playing well. I mean, he's not playing like he has probably his first two years, but he's getting back to that level. And then obviously he's got Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. He did have Todd Gurley, but they obviously traded him away or released him. No, they released him. I remember, but anyway, the, their running game obviously is not the best without Gurley. I think they definitely need to pick that up. I know they have a veteran offensive line. The Rams do, but they, they should still be able to run the ball pretty well, which would set up the play action pass for, Jared Goff, but the Dolphins defense is the biggest storyline of that game. And we're looking here at the Dolphins sitting at four, four and three, a game behind the Bills, surprisingly, in the NF in the AFC East. So I think the Dolphins could make some noise here. You know, I will update uh, my my Rams stat numbers. Uh Goff was actually 35 of 61, which is over 50%. Gave him a little little more credit now. Um but Cup did have 21 targets and only 11 receptions. So Goff is just kind of off um, a lot of the day, accuracy-wise. His highest completion percentage um, in terms of somebody over more than you know four targets was Robert Woods at, uh, at seven receptions on eight targets. But, um, yeah, that running game, I mean, they ran for, you know, uh, looks like about 120 yards, but that's over four different, you know, uh, running backs. One is actually a wide receiver. Um, between Henderson, Brown, and Akers, they all ran for an average of like 41 yards. Um, and Robert Woods had nine and a touchdown. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's a team that I don't really understand. Um, they're not picking a lead back. They're kind of doing this, you know, by committee. And 
my committee is the the definition because they are literally splitting splitting rushing attempts eight nine and ten. Henderson didn't get hurt uh, in the game and left a little early, but um, this Dolphins defense, I mean, it, it says a lot how well they played, um, kind of pressuring Goff like that, um, and certainly keeping that running game uh, at bay. No, I I agree. I think that just the uh, the the Rams they definitely need to for sure play better here. And I think they will just because, I mean, they're playing in probably the best division in football, the NFC, the NFC West. And everybody in the NFC West has a record of 0.500 or above. So, so they could for sure still easily make the playoffs. The Dolphins, I will say, you know, like I said, I think that they will probably make some noise here, here when we, uh, get towards the end of the season, maybe. I mean, we'll have to take a look at their schedule here. But anyway, let's move on to our next uh, topic, the uh, the Buffalo Bills. They hang on to beat the Patriots of a score of 24-21. Uh, Cam Newton and the Pats had a chance to win that game, but Cam Newton coughed up the football, and the Bills recovered it, and that is how the Bills won that game. The Bills have a pretty significant lead in the AFC East. Actually, not even a significant, just a one-game lead in the AFC East. And the Patriots fall to two and five in their third place in that division. And it's really not looking good for their chances of making the playoffs, which is very weird to say. So with that being said, Zach, have the Patriots officially been dethroned as the kings of the AFC East? Yes, I I'll start out saying I love that uh, Belichick finally flexed on a radio show a little bit. Um, I would anytime you were on Twitter, uh, pretty much all day yesterday, you could see about <laughs> yeah. the radio interview where he was asked why they're not doing well, and he told them that they only gave Cam a million dollars because they had no money because they sold out the last five years to win three Super Bowls, play in an AFC title game, and another yep. Super Bowl. So, yep, um, that was funny. Belichick just truly does not care. Um, you know, he – I think he understands that he had a lot of opt-outs. He's got his best defensive player on the COVID list um, and then multiple other defensive players and offensive linemen that have opted out of the season. Um, I'm still kind of on that belief that he might have told them to so that they can go get Trevor Lawrence or maybe bring Jimmy G back. Um, you know, I don't know. I think – I think that they're, you know, obviously dethroned at least this year. Um, it's hard to count them out into the future because they are um, certainly one of those teams, especially with Belichick, that anything can happen. Um, but I think the Bills definitely are the best team in that division. Um, and you were bringing up the uh, Dolphins' schedule. They have the Cardinals, Chargers, uh, Chiefs, Patriots, Bills as kind of the tough games and the Raiders. Uh, the only games that I could see them really winning easily would be Denver, the Jets, and the, the Bengals in three straight weeks. Uh, so they could finish kind of in that seven to nine, eight and eight range, but that could be a seventh wild card or a final wild card spot. So um, looking at it right now, uh, I mean, the, the Patriots are, they're, they're several games back. The Bills are sitting at six and two. They're, the Patriots are at two and five. So um, I don't see uh, them making the playoffs, especially with, Final playoff spot being five and three, um, they would have to to turn it around and fast. Yeah, you you definitely hit that perfectly there. Just because, like I said, it's very weird to say, 
but the New England Patriots are most likely not going to win or not win the NFC with the AFC East, but they're not going to make the playoffs. And that's just very weird to say with just with their recent success here. And I can remember everybody was saying at the beginning of the year, okay, well, we're going to find out who was the, who was the real guy in New England? Was it Belichick or Brady? And right now it's looking more like Brady, but you got to say it was a combination of both of them just because like greatest quarterback of all time. And Bill Belichick is still the greatest head coach of all time, just because of all the success that he's had. But still too. Yeah, I I agree. I think that they have been officially dethroned as the Kings of the AFC East, at least for this year. It's definitely hard to bet against them in more looking towards the future, just because Bill Belichick is still there. Robert Kraft is not going to fire Bill Belichick after one lost season. And you said on a per, you said it perfectly too. I mean, they had guys opt out. You got some guys injured, especially in the wide receiver and the uh, receiving corpse. And then we even said it this last week on the show that they, they don't have a running game. I mean, sure. Damian Harris had a pretty good game this past week, but they still really have no one to turn the, to hand the ball off. And Cam Newton cannot do that himself too. He can't, play running back and quarterback at the same time. Cam Newton's got to have someone to throw the football to. Now he didn't have, he did not have Julian Edelman or Nikhil Harry this past weekend, but I mean, we'll have to wait and see what that's going to. And just the defense, they're not playing at the same level that they have been a year ago. That's obviously due to the fact that some of the guys have opted out a guy like Dante Hightower. He, when, when he's on the field, he's for sure one of the best linebackers in the NFL. And when you don't have that, it's very hard to replace. And now I'm looking at the Patriots' schedule here, their remaining schedule. They got the Jets next Monday night. Then they got the Ravens, the Texans, the Cardinals, the Chargers, the Rams, the Dolphins, the Bills again, and then the Jets again. You know, I want to say they'll beat the Jets pretty easily, but at the end of the day, we don't know that because of how bad the Patriots have played then I really don't see them winning some winning some of these games I think they'll definitely lose to the Ravens they could potentially beat the Texans I think I think they'll definitely lose to the Cardinals Chargers that's a toss-up for sure I I do think that they'll lose to the Rams Dolphins that could be a toss-up Bills I think they'll probably lose that game again and I'd like to say they beat they could beat the Jets twice but at the same time we just don't know that so they're for sure in going in that range where the best that they can go is eight and eight, but I don't see them going eight and eight right now. I think you may see them finish at six and 10 or maybe even six and like six and 10, or maybe even five and 11 at best. I'd give them seven and nine maybe. So they're for sure dethroned this year, but we'll have to wait and see what comes uh, in recent years for the future. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, like you said, they're missing so many guys. And I think I also heard something about Edelman probably going on IR. Um, And Nikhil Harry, I mean, he's he's just not like turned into anything that they wanted him to. Um, You know, certainly he's still young and and he's only in his second year, but he's not being utilized uh, the way that he should be. Uh, He should be a guy that's getting a lot of targets, getting, you know, a lot of those go routes. Um, and letting him run his routes because he definitely is going to create space by doing just that. Um, 
but uh, let's move on from from the recap of the games this week. Uh, we're getting into the trade deadline. Uh, we were both kind of kind of happy about the Steelers trading for Avery Williamson from the Jets. Uh, I think Williamson might have been happier than anybody on the Steelers organization. Um, as right about when the trade came out, he posted a picture of him in a Jets uniform uh, trying to hail a cab in New York to make his way to Pittsburgh. So um, bringing in some some sort of uh, linebacker reinforcements to replace Devin Bush, uh, man, uh, Colbert likes to get those guys that teams are trying to ship off. And if it's anything like Minka Fitzpatrick last year, I'm not arguing. I'm not complaining. He got him for a fifth-round pick and even got a seventh-rounder back for him. So um what what is your take there uh what do you think do you think it's going to help the team oh i think it i think it will for sure help the team but i was for sure more surprised about the move only because i didn't think the steelers needed to trade for a linebacker then with how well robert spillane has played the past two weeks i mean he's absolutely crushed derrick henry on the goal line and then on the third play of the game this past sunday against the ravens he had a pick six so I, I was for sure surprised. I didn't think the Steelers needed to make the move, but I'm not complaining either. I like the move. I do think that Avery Williamson will for sure help the Steelers uh, at the linebacker position and get get that defense better. And you, you said it. You said it perfectly too. I mean, Avery Williamson probably the happiest guy in the world when he got that call from the Jets saying, "Hey, we're trading you to Pittsburgh." I mean, he goes from an 0 and 8 team. He goes from a winless team to an undefeated team. So there's no question that he was the happiest guy in the world when he found out that trade. So I think I agree. I do think that the the move will, the trade will help the Steelers in the long run uh, when it comes to the defense and getting better. So yeah, I, I completely agree with you there. Moving on to some other trades that have happened. Uh, really not much else happened. Like we said this the past couple weeks, we didn't think that the, that there would be any blockbuster trades. We touched upon uh, the Packers possibly trading for Will Fuller, which they should have done, but they obviously didn't. And that was probably a mistake on their end. Uh, I guess one of the other big name trades that happened was yesterday. It really wasn't that much of a big name, but still somewhat of a significant trade was uh, the Chargers traded Desmond King to the Titans. Uh, He's a former All-Pro and pretty good corner, which I do think that that will help the Titans in the secondary because they for sure need it on the defensive side. But yeah, I mean, there's really no no other trades that I could think of that really that we could touch upon. I mean, the other trades that we happened last week, but... Zach, I mean, you touched on it too, like uh, with uh, Avery Williamson. Any other thoughts on that? Oh, really? No. I mean, Carlos Dunlap went from the Bengals to the Seahawks, but um, otherwise there were not really any trades. I mean, it was probably one of the quietest trade deadlines uh, in, in recent years. Um, I did I did forget about Carlos Dunlap. I did forget about that. Yeah, I don't know what it, what it's going to mean for the, the Seahawks. Their defense looks bad. Uh, we'll talk about them here in a few minutes. But Well, they definitely needed somebody for a pass rush because oh, yeah. their, best pass, their best pass rusher was Jamal Adams, and he's mm-hmm. been hurt the past couple weeks. Well, they should be he getting can- him back this week is what I've heard. But still, I mean, you shouldn't have your safety rush the, like, oh, four yeah. or something. Oh, yeah, I agree. Like, 
almost on every play. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you definitely need some help on the defensive line. Certainly, yeah. Um, but but either way, um, quiet deadline, not a whole lot of action. Um, wasn't really sure if we were going to see any. Uh, and, and as we had predicted, there was not a whole lot um, in terms of action at the deadline. So, um, yeah. moving on here, um, we talked before the show uh, about our top five teams from last week. Um, I, I don't think either of us were going to change anything simply because the league had a really weird week where, you know, a team like the Buccaneers almost lost to the Giants. Um, you know, the, the on a controversial call too. Certainly. Um, and that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, you know, there's been a lot of that this year. Um, the top five, I mean, aside from the chiefs and the Steelers winning, uh, the rest of our top five was either, you know, pretty convincing wins or, um, uh, some upsets. So, uh, I think we're just going to kind of leave them as is, um, you can, let you can uh, jump in if you if you're changing your mind, but um, being with how the league's been really um, kind of up and down, it's hard to to change it right now. Yeah, no, I agree. I I don't have any changes to my top five. Really, just everything stays the same. I to be honest, I kind of forget who I had at the top five last last week, but I, I want to say it was uh, Chiefs at one, Steelers two, Bucks three, uh, maybe like. Ravens at four and then Seahawks at five or maybe Vite or maybe those two are flipped, but either way I, I n- no changes for on my part. Yeah, I'm with you. I think our, our top fives are similar um, and I'm not changing mine either. I know my, my top three at least was Steelers chiefs and uh, I believe the Buccaneers. So um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to change anything. I still believe those are the top three teams in the NFL. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's get into some picks here for this week. Um, last week we went three and three. Um, kind of had some some splits there. I'll give you the quick rundown. We both had the Bills. Uh, both of us had the Browns. Actually, uh, didn't give the Raiders a whole lot of credit. And we both had the either Rams. of us did. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we both had the Rams also. So uh, the Dolphins and the Raiders kind of you know shoved it up our hoops a little bit. Yep. Um, you had the Saints. I had the Bears. Uh, we both had the Seahawks, and then I had the Steelers, and you had the Ravens. Uh, your little reverse karma thing, or your reverse uh, psychology thing worked. Yes, it um, did. It worked for both of us now t- each time. So, um, getting into I was week- worried there at first, but hey, we uh, but the reverse psychology did work. Yes, it did. Um, now, let's get into week nine. Uh, we're going to start with the Packers and 49ers, both teams coming off of losses. Um, the Packers, as we mentioned earlier, absolutely zero running backs to lean on. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if they dip into some teams' practice squads or even a potential free agent that nobody really remembers. Um, and the 49ers now losing Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle for extended periods of time. So uh, who are you taking here with the loss of, of those big names for the 49ers and the Packers You know, struggling as of late? Packers. I'm taking the Packers just because of Aaron Rodgers, really. I think that he will for sure, you know, light up the 49ers defense. I mean, I mean, no disrespect to Nick Mullins, but because he's no scrub and he's won games in this league. But I just don't think that he'll he'll be able to get it done on thir- on Thursday Night Football. As for the Packers, I mean, I know that they're, you know, struggling right now on the running back side and 
on the defensive side as well. But I just don't think I just don't see the 49ers winning the game when you have Jimmy G out, uh, George Kittle out for really extended period of time. And I think that they may place George Kittle here on IR. So there's a chance that look, there, there's a chance he might not return for the season. Just if um, let's say the 49ers lose their next, I don't know, four or five games, they may say, you know what, George, but we're, we're not going to have you come back. But yeah, just getting back to my pick here, I, I'm picking the Packers just mainly because of Aaron Rodgers. I think he'll definitely bounce back. Not that he had a bad game against the Vikings, but I think he and the Packers will for sure bounce back. Uh, I'm taking the Packers as well. Uh, I just think that their offense is going to be too much for the defense to handle, especially a defense that's missing uh, a lot of key contributors. Um, Also, you know, the loss of of Jimmy G, uh, his inability to stay healthy. I don't know uh, what that means for his future in San Francisco, Um, but also – uh, Raheem Mostert, or no, not Mostert, I'm sorry, Tevin Coleman uh, was brought back off of IR last week. It looks like he may either be going back on or going to miss the game as well. So uh, Jamichael Hasty will be the top running back for the 49ers who have turned into a run-heavy offense, being that Nick Mullins is the quarterback and they have very limited receiving uh, threats. So um, I'm thinking Packers, uh, we both could be very wrong. Nick Mullins could come out and throw for 600 yards and five touchdowns. But, uh, yeah, I guess that's that's all we have really for that game. Uh, moving on is going to be the Seahawks and the Bills, a uh, game that I said we would talk about. Um, the Seahawks potentially getting Jamal Adams back uh, and maybe having Carlos Dunlap ready um, to play a fair share of his snaps. Um, who are you taking in this game? It's definitely a game that I find quite intriguing. I do as well, but I'm taking Seattle. Just because with how poorly the Bills have been playing the past like four weeks, they just have they have not been able to get back on that word dominant force, were definitely contenders and everything like that. They have not been able to get back to what they were at the beginning of the season. And like you said, with Jamal Adams coming back and Carlos Dunlap making his presence known, I think that the Seahawks defense will get a little bit better. Maybe not completely better. I mean, they're not going to get to the Legion of Boom better for sure or anything like that. But for sure, having an elite safety like Jamal Adams back there, he can definitely make plays on the ball. And then when you got a decent pass rusher like Carlos Dunlap, I mean, he's no scrub. He's definitely been able to make plays when he was with when he was with Cincinnati over the years. I think that definitely helps out their pass rush. But also, again, we got to show love to our guy Russell Wilson here, who probably leads the league in MVP right in the MVP votes right now. I think he'll have a good day against the Bills defense who is for sure underperformed this year, surprisingly. So yeah, I'm taking Seattle. Uh, I'm actually going the opposite route. I'm going with Buffalo. Uh, I think this is their time. You know, I think that uh, they almost exercised some demons beating the Patriots uh, being that it was a close game. Uh, and, and the fact that like it, it it could have gone either way uh, aside from the fumble, but um, I think that this is a game where they kind of get that offense rolling again. Um, Zach Moss and Singletary both ran the ball really well last week. Um, and Moss is finally kind of finding the end zone, getting his footing under him in the NFL. Um, I think with, with Adams coming back, you know, he helps neutralize Diggs downfield, but 
um, especially if they're able to get John Brown back, uh, the Bills, it's going to help uh, moving forward. Um, you know, you can kind of rely on two different guys. Then you still have Cole Beasley, who's been quite productive this year. So um, I'm taking Buffalo. I think their defense will step up a little bit. Um, you know, I think this game is being played in Buffalo. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, um, it is. It is being played in Buffalo. And I think it's going to be a little cooler. Uh, the Seahawks, they're, they have to come all the way east. And I think it's an early game, too. Um, you know, as we yeah, know. The yeah, whole, I think it's at one. Yeah, as we know, the whole traveling east and west to play early games, whether you're traveling west to play an early game, vice versa, um, it's it's never easy. And, uh, and Russ, um, certainly he's going to be Russ. Uh, we know that. But if Carson um, isn't able to go and uh, – Carlos Hyde isn't able to go. They're going to struggle on the ground a little bit again. So, um, you know, aside from Metcalf, I don't know uh, what else they're going to they're going to get going. And if that Buffalo Bills defense steps up, it might be kind of a of a game that the Bills can just kind of take. So, I'm going with Buffalo. I respect that. I respect that. Uh, let's move on to our next game. Here we got the uh, Bears and the Titans. This is a these are two teams that are coming off of uh, heartbreaking losses. Uh, the Bears losing to the Saints in overtime, and then the Titans losing that shocker to Cincinnati. Uh, only one of these teams can rebound, though. I both these teams are for sure playoff ba- playoff teams, uh, in our opinion. So, uh, who are you taking? Um, I'm actually going to go with the with the Titans. I don't think that the Bears have enough punch. Um, certainly, Allen Robinson is a nice weapon, and Foles um, knows how to find him, but um, I don't know. Their their running game is really weird to me. Um, they, they don't really get anything consistent going. They'll have a game where they can get six yards of carry, and the next week or two they get like one <clears throat> 1.4. Um, I'm gonna go with the Titans. I think Henry's able to run for miles in this game, um, and I think that Corey Davis and AJ Brown. Uh, are, are going to be some mismatches for that uh, that Bears defense. And I think Tannehill steps up, get off that two-game losing streak that they have going right now, um, and then they get back in the win column. I agree with you. I am also taking the Titans. I think Mike Vrabel will get his team ready. I know that these his team is for sure pretty annoyed right now with, with how they've been performing the past two weeks. And they definitely need a win – they definitely need to get back in the wind calm here to stay on top of the AFC South. So I'm taking the Titans. I agree. I think that Corey Davis will have a big game. I think Derrick Henry gets back to being, being Derrick Henry. Tannehill will have a good game against the bears defense. And really, I don't know. I mean, watching the bears the past couple weeks, I just don't know if I really trust Nick Foles right now. I mean, I think he's for sure the guy that you stick with the rest of the season, but I just don't know if I really trust him at the moment right now. And the Bears defense is, I don't know. I mean, it they are they say that they're top five, top 10, and they can be top 10 or anything, but I just don't, I they're definitely not at the level that they were back in 2018. So I, I'm taking the Titans in this matchup. Yeah, I think that you summed it up pretty well. Um, our next game here is going to be the Ravens and the Colts. Um, this is definitely, um, a game that on, you know, on paper doesn't look like it should be a good game. Um, and I don't really know that it will be, uh, it kind of depends on which version of, uh, Phillip Rivers shows up more than anything. Um, I'm going to go with the Ravens 
personally. Um, I think they're going to be motivated to bounce back after losing to us last, this past week, you know, in the Steelers. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the Colts really are. Um, they're missing, you know, uh, they're, they're starting running back. Uh, uh, his name is slipping my mind right now. Um, but they do have Jonathan Taylor who stepped in well. Uh, he looks Hines. really good. Uh, Himes, I think, is healthy. I think it's Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack's the one that got hurt. That's right, one. Marlon Mack. Um, but Rivers has been incredibly inconsistent. He's not hitting receivers. He's not uh, he's not doing what he usually does, which is spread the ball around really well um, and create offense downfield. So um, I'm going to go with the Ravens. I think they're just too much for the Colts, and I don't see the Colts being uh, a top team in their division, as we know the Titans are going to be that. You know, I think we just put this game I, – I put this game on the outline just because, you know, these two teams have history with one another. The Colts being obviously from Baltimore, they were originally called the Baltimore Colts before they uh, packed it up and moved to Indianapolis back in 1985. And Baltimore was was without a football team for about 10 years till the Browns moved from Cleveland to Baltimore to become the Baltimore Ravens. And ever since then, those two teams have just, you know, had a rivalry because Baltimore really has not never forgiven the Colts for moving overnight to Indianapolis. But I got to agree with you. I think that the Ravens win this game. I don't think that Phillip Rivers will get the job done against that defense. That defense is really good and everything. Uh, we, we saw it this past week. They were able to sh- shut down the Steelers, at least in the first half, but then they kind of fell apart in the second half to Big Ben and the Steelers. But you're, you summed it up pretty well, too. Phillip Rivers has been – pretty inconsistent this whole season. And I think that he'll struggle against this defense for sure. And I think Lamar Jackson bounces back from his performance as well. He may have maybe one or he may have a turnover or two, but I think that he, you know, sticks to the running game and maybe, maybe hits a pass or two deep. But other than that, I am also taking the Ravens moving on here to the next game. We got the uh, Sunday night football game which is the uh, Saints and the Bucks. Uh, the Saints obviously winning the first matchup between the two, but whoever wins this uh, upcoming Sunday will take control of the NFC South. And this is also Antonio Brown's Tampa debut. So we'll have to wait and see how he does with uh, Tom Brady in Tampa. Uh, those two had some success in their game against in their game. One game played a year ago with uh, the Patriots but uh, Zach, who are you taking? Um, I'm actually going to take the Saints. Um, kind of got to throw an upset in there. I think the Buccaneers are certainly going to be favored. They're at home, um, and the and the fact that they're playing a lot better, they definitely have um, a lot more going for them. But um, I don't know how the running game is going to do for the Buccaneers, and I really am kind of skeptical about that receiving core with AB stepping in, um, how that's going to work, if he's even going to make an impact this week, which I don't think he will. Um, week, first week with a new team, it's generally kind of hard to do that. Now, granted, he's been, he's, he'll have gotten a full week of practice, um, but I don't know. I think I'm going to go with the Saints. I think Drew Brees gets up for this game. Um, they should be getting Emmanuel Sanders back, uh, obviously, Excuse me, they have Alvin Kamara. They don't have to worry about that. They have Jared Cook. 
Um, still got, you know, Taysom sitting around. He'll catch like two, three passes and run some people over on special teams. Um, you know, and, and there's a chance to get Michael Thomas back. If they do, I think that it's just too much for the Bucks. Um, and I think that the Bucks just kind of still sit there as that team that they're really, really good, but I don't know if they have what it takes to beat the Saints. They'll certainly be motivated, though. I'm actually going to take the uh, Bucks. I think that you said it. I mean, they're favored at home, and the fact that this that this game is in Tampa will help. But um, yeah, I'm taking the Bucks mainly because of the offensive weapons that the Bucks have, and it seems to me like the Saints' defense has really struggled this year. I mean, sure they were able to do well against Tom Brady in the first matchup, but. I don't know. I don't think that'll happen a second time. I think Brady has learned from his mistakes in the first matchup and he will not make the same mistake again. He won't make those same mistakes that he did in the first matchup. And I think Antonio Brown gets involved in this game at some point. Like, I don't think he'll be a heavy person that Brady will will rely on because Godwin will probably come back. Mike Evans is still very much a red zone thread, Gronk still being Gronk, and then Scotty Miller, uh, Ronald Jones, and Tyler Johnson. I think those guys will for sure get involved too. But I do think that the Bucks' defense will also step up here too. I think that they'll get to breeze a couple times, and I don't know if they'll necessarily shut down the uh, passing attack of the New Orleans Saints. I don't know if they'll you know, shut down Michael Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders if he comes back this week, which I think he's supposed to. But I, I don't know. I don't think that I, I don't think that um, the Saints will uh, will win this game. I I just don't I just don't think it'll happen. I think that I'm picking I'm taking the Bucks. No, fair enough. I mean, there, it's certainly a game that could go either way, uh, and and could very well lean one way over the other um, from the start. Um, now getting exactly into, getting into exactly. Our, no. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I was just gonna say yeah, exactly. It, it'll definitely come down to like maybe the final play of the game. It'll definitely come down to maybe whoever has the ball last. Yeah, and if you, and, and either of those quarterbacks are, are guys that you could say, I want to have the ball with three minutes left down by you know five points and needing a touchdown to win the game because they both have done it a million times. They both have led unbelievable amounts of comebacks in the final drive. So, um you know, it, it really could happen. Uh, either one of them could could lead their team to victory in the final minutes. So, um, you know that uh, that certainly is a possibility. Um, and our and our final game of the week uh, is our, is going to be the Steelers and the Cowboys. It's going to be the Jim Nance and Tony Romo game of the week. Uh, if Dak was playing, certainly I understand that. But um, with the Cowboys being as decimated by injuries as they are, and kind of struggling big time. Um, I don't even know what to make of this game other than it shouldn't really be a second thought, especially if the guy starting a quarterback literally is unknown to 85% of people. Yeah, no, I mean, I can agree with that. I mean, none of us have really heard of Garrett Gilbert. I mean, we know about Cooper Rush. He started a few games for the Cowboys in the past, but I, but Ben DiNucci too. I mean, even if he, plays at some point in this game, uh, he's not going to make that big of a difference. So th- this game really shouldn't be close at all. So uh, I'm definitely taking the Steelers in this matchup by maybe 
for sure double digits, maybe in the tw- maybe like twenty points or so. But I don't know. It could be a lot closer than people think, just because of also the history between the Cowboys and the Steelers. You know, you know, Cowboys and Steelers playing each other in th- in uh, three Super Bowls in the past. Steelers winning two of those. But for sure, just with how the Cowboys have played this season, their defense is no good. Their offense is obviously struggling without Dak Prescott. I think Ben Roethlisberger will have a big day. I think James Conner will have a big day. And I think Juju will have a big day, too, on offense for the Steelers. And on the defensive side of the ball, I think that T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree will have big days as well, each getting a sack. Maybe T.J. gets two or three, maybe Bud as well. But I think the secondary steps up here big, too. Mika Fitzpatrick may get another interception. Joe Hayden may get another interception. So I'm definitely taking the Steelers in this matchup. Yeah, I am, too. I mean, especially... You know, even though they are going to Dallas, I, I still think that the fact that even if it is Ben DiNucci, even if it is uh, you know any other guy that's that, that's going to come out onto the field as a starting quarterback for Dallas, I think that um, their offensive line being just Swiss cheese at this point. Um, you know, I almost feel bad for whoever starts a quarterback for Dallas having to worry about TJ, Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, or. Bud Dupree running at you, maybe even Minka from the secondary or the Spillane train up the middle. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that I think that off, that our offense finally gets that chance to, you know, I think the one thing that we need and we are missing is a blowout win. And I think that that's what you need. I think that builds a ton of confidence. I think it helps them uh, moving forward. And I think this is their chance to do that, especially – um, with the schedule that they have coming up the next couple of weeks, you know, like you, we had mentioned earlier, potentially moving to ten and zero. Um, if you get to eight and zero, certainly it looks more favorable. Um, you know, I think this is these three games though are a good chance for uh, TJ Watt to really put a stamp um, or his or his seal on uh, potentially a, a DPOY candidacy. Um, I think if he's able to have an explosive two out of three games or even potentially all three, um, he might, you know, pretty much just give himself the award uh, and become the defensive player of the year. I think that, uh, that our defense is just going to be far too much for the Cowboys, even with Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb and Zeke, um, the inexperience at the, at the helm and the offensive line is really going to hurt the Cowboys. I'd also like to point out that, uh, if the Steelers win on Sunday, it will mark Mike Tomlin's 14th season without a losing record. Yep. So I think that ties him for the all-time lead, correct? Uh, no, I, I think he tied Tony Dun- – he either tied or he beat Tony Dungy this past weekend. I think he, he passed Tony Dungy for all-time wins as, as a blackhead coach, but I think in terms of seasons as a coach to start your career without a losing season, I think Don Shula is at 14. Yeah, that's true. Tom so would yeah, may- him. yeah. So I, I think that would that that's for sure a milestone for him. He's for sure one of the greatest head coaches the Steelers have ever fa- have ever had. And I can remember a lot of Steeler fans calling for his job, saying that he was on the hot seat a couple times, but he's not going anywhere for sure. So no, no chance. I mean, you look at our our past three head coaches between him, Cower, and Chuck Knoll. Three yeah. of potentially top 10 best coaches in NFL history. Exactly. Um, exactly. But yeah, I think that, I think that we've summed it up pretty well. Um, we're kind of at the end of our, our episode here. 
Um, I know we haven't talked about any NHL news lately. There really hasn't been any. Um, we'll certainly share that with you um, as that stuff becomes available. They're looking at you know trying to find a start date and their plans for the season as of now. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, free agency's done. There's not really been any marquee signings. There's been re-signings, but uh, you know nothing notable to bring up. Um, this is football season, so we're definitely focusing on that. But um, just if anybody's you know looking for hockey news, um, we will be bringing it to you as it comes out. Yep, exactly. Just got got to wait here and see what they decide here for the upcoming season. And I think it'll be a good season for when the NHL comes back. I agree. I think it's going to be good. They they definitely need it, um, and we all could we all could use a little hockey back in our lives. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, yeah, this has been the seventh episode of the Red Zone Power Play podcast, and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys here next week. So have a good night, everybody. Have a good week.